Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Thank you for coming out tonight on such a horrible evening to listen to a little fat, baldy man. I hope tonight that um, we, uh, we leave with some, something to take away. I'm looking tonight at um, the, the, the feet that are fitted with the gospel of peace. I took my three lads skiing several years ago and we just had lunch and they said uh, and laid the gauntlet down and said that the first one down from the top to the bottom of the mountain is the best. Typical kids, they left me to, to pack all the stuff up and they shot up in the first gondola, uh, left dad to put everything together, but I thought that's no problem, I'm faster, I'm more agile than those, so I'll catch them up. So they goes up in the first gondola, I'm in the second one, they're pointing at me, laughing their heads off. So off they go, they start shooting down the mountain. So I get off, put me uh, skis on, but never fastened my boots up. So away I went, and I was going faster and faster. I could see them bobbing around, I thought I'm going to have them sooner or later. And then the next thing, I hit a, a, a mound of snow. And I just, I just, everything just went black. I eventually stood up, thought, wow, that was, that, that hurt. So I stood up, got my ski back on, one of them flicked off. So I got my ski back on, started down the mountain. And when I went to turn, I didn't turn. I thought, something's wrong here. And I lifted my leg up and my ankle was just flopping. So I'd snapped my ankle chasing after my three lads. And obviously they had their day because the stretcher came. I got stretchered down the mountain in this stretcher like this. And they were at the bottom of the mountain and just cheering me as I went past. <laughs> and the moral of the story is that don't forget, Paul, to fasten your boots. And Esther mithers me every time. Every time we've had lunch or a coffee, she says, are your boots fastened? And... Tonight, we're looking at um, our feet being shod with the gospel of peace. Just pop the next slide on for me, whoever is operating that. So I want to call this message, Ready, Steady, Stand. Normally we say, Ready, Steady, Go, but this is Ready, Steady, Stand, because as we know, Prior to this, Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Put on the whole armor of God that you're able to stand. So Ephesians 6 verse 15 says this, And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, you might read that and understand that is that it's sharing the gospel that this is talking about. I don't quite see it like that. I want to take a sidestep and take another dimension on this. So bear with me. So it says, and with your feet fitted 
with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So there's something of understanding what the gospel of peace is about that brings a readiness to your life. So I want to split this up into four sections. First one is, what does readiness look like? Secondly, where does it come from? Thirdly, how does this piece of armor protect me? And fourthly, how can I find this peace? So what does readiness look like? Well, readiness there, if you look in the dictionary of what it's meaning here, is that it's constant vigilance. So it's being ready, it's being prepared, and always on your front foot. So it's like an energy. It's a sense of, I'm up for this. Let me have it. Come on then. It's a bit of a, I'm on my front foot here. And so whatever comes my way, I'm ready for it. And this is what the gospel of, of peace fitted to our feet looks like. It puts us on our front foot. The enemy wants to... Uh, cause us to live on our back foot. And that's why we're told that we're to be aware of what the enemy comes. We're, We're wrestling and he wants to constantly keep us on our back foot. Keep us from being front-footed, best foot first, living life, on the ready, on the go, ready to tackle whatever comes and that our glass is always half full. A soldier's battle shoes were studded with nails and spikes. And this helped keep his balance in combat. But the moment the soldier lost his footing, he knew his fight was over. No matter how good the rest of his armor was, no matter how good his breastplate, his shield, his sword, his belt, no matter how good they were, once he lost his footing and he went down, the enemy had him. And I see that this is so important that we have well-fitted feet. And so we need to learn to live with our best foot forward. Having good fitting footwear always gives us confidence. In the King James, it says, having our feet shod. And that word means five things. It means to bind under and around one's feet. So well-fitted, to tie, to wind, to knit, to be at one with. So these, this, this boot that we're wearing, this readiness, this, this gospel of peace has got to be well-fitted to our feet. We see skiers, we see runners, we see footballers and climbers. I don't know whether you've been enjoying the uh, Winter Olympics games. We have, we've loved it. And yet you look at a lot of those competitions and you see the the snowboarders and the skiers and and, and those that are, are, are using Uh, great talents, everything that they do, their their feet have got to be well-fitted, their boots have got to be well-fitted, whatever they're wearing, so that they feel at one with what they're using. And I think this is what we're being encouraged with, that we've got to be at one with the gospel of peace, having a real clear understanding that it fits our lives 
well. I used to watch a long time when I was on the beach, people that wore these silly beach shoes. And yet I saw the sense of it after a while. And you know what it's like when you're on the beach and there's always that row of shells and row of stones that you have to crawl across. And, and you each out, each, each, and you just want to get into, into the sea. You've, you know, then you've been in the sea and you come back and you know you've got to crawl across, get across those, that line of seashells. And so last year, I made my mind up that I need to buy a pair of silly beach shoes. So I went to the um, mother, mother care, managed to get myself a pair of beach shoes. And I tell you what, it was fantastic. It transformed my holiday last year because I could just put my shoes on. I thought, this is great, this, and walk straight into the sea. And I'd lived for so long just struggling over those shells. And having the right footwear on my feet helped me to get across that stony, that rocky, that difficult terrain that I could get where I wanted to get. And again, having the gospel of peace just well, uh, well understood in our life will help us to live well. So, number two, that's what readiness looks like. Where does readiness come from? Having our feet fitted with a clear understanding of the gospel of peace. It comes from understanding where we have been positioned in Christ. And the more clear that we become of understanding exactly where God has placed us in the plan of his salvation, then the, the, the more and the, the clearer that those feet, our feet are fitted with the gospel of peace. John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but, but be not troubled. Let your hearts be not troubled and do not be afraid. John 14, 27, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. I give you this peace not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He's leaving them with a peace. He's left us with a peace that we might live with. And we need to have a real good understanding of when when we say that Jesus took my place on the cross. What does that really mean? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? of understanding that he actually took my place. And we've sang a lot of songs tonight about what the blood means and what that says over my life. Isaiah 53 says this, chastisement for our peace was upon him. He took the chastisement on him, on himself for my peace. He has paid the price that you and I can live in perfect peace. In the Old Testament, they used to have a sacrifice for sin. And they used to take the, the, the goat or the lamb or whatever the sacrifice was, they used to slit its throat and drain every bit of blood out of 
that animal. And it was drained into a bowl. And every bit of blood out of that animal was in the basin. But as long as it stayed in the basin, it was powerless. And what they were instructed in the Old Testament was that you're to take a hyssop and you were to dip it in the blood and you to put it on the doorposts and the lintels of your house. And the moment that the blood left the basin and hit the doorpost and the lintels, you were protected. And when the enemy came, when the Passover came, that if anyone was inside their house with the blood applied, were safe. And I want to say to you tonight that it's no good the blood just being in the basin. But it needs to be applied to our life. And understand it that it's on the doorpost and the lintels of our understanding and our mind. And that we have a clear revelation of what it's saying in our life. And so it's important that the blood leaves the basin. And that it's applied to our lives. I'm going to give you a list of attributes of peace. And these should run through all of these relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with our neighbor, our relationship with our own life and what it looks like, and our present situation. These things should be in every one of those relationships. And, and peace is the same word as shalom, and it's contentment. Contentment with God, contentment with ourselves, completeness, wholeness, well-being, harmony, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, perfectness, fullness, Rest, an absence of agitation or discord. That is the peace that was, that was paid for. That was the chastisement that was put upon Christ on the cross to give us all of those attributes of peace in every relationship that we have in our life. That is the peace that God has for you and I. And you know, in the Old Testament, they had to do that every year. They had to keep shedding blood for, for the forgiveness of sin. And the people had to keep coming year after year after year. But in Hebrews 10, it says this, that if those people could have provided, if, if they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. So if those sacrifices could have provided perfect cleansing, they would have stopped, but they never. They had to keep going back. For the worshippers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared but they never, and they had to keep going back because they were living in guilt, living in fear, living in condemnation, 
living under the, the awareness of all their wrongdoings and their sinful state. But now we have a great high priest who has come and who has shed his blood once and for all. And it's finished. It's over. And so we don't have to keep beating ourselves up. We don't have to keep feeling that we're not worthy and we're not fit and we don't measure up because God has done something about that. But we must have well-fitted understanding, revelation of the work of the cross and what took place in that moment. And when we do, we live in an increased awareness of peace in our life. Not having clarity of peace, we live distracted and uncomfortable. Not having peace with God. Not having peace with ourselves. We live distracted. Always aware of our downfalls. Always aware of where I'm going wrong. Always aware that I'm, I'm not quite measuring up. That's not God's perspective of me. God has made me a winner. In fact, his righteousness has been imputed to me. And when he now looks at me, as the old song says, he does not see me, but he sees the blood of his crucified son. And when I understand that, I don't have to turn away from God. I don't have to feel guilty anymore. I don't feel like I have to do something to get on my face and plead. And, because the price has already been paid. And he wants me to live in peace. He's made his peace with me. I don't know what he's done with all that ugliness. I don't know what he's done with all the, the, the areas I know that I continually fail. But the only way he can have a relationship with me is not to see those things. He sees his blood and his blood pleads my case. And what that does then, it puts an energy and it puts a life. And I can talk with God and I can walk with God. And, and the more I'm understanding this, and I've been saved now for 43 years, and I have never been so excited about the gospel as I am today. Because I'm understanding more and more the depth of the cross, the depth of the blood. And the more I'm learning to walk in peace and love myself and love God, and knowing that his perspective and, and, and the way he sees me, the way he loves me, and the way he understands me, I can walk with my head held high, rather than my head down, rather than always feeling that I'm not measuring up and that I'm always missing the mark. That's not how he wants me to live, on the back foot. He wants me to live on the front foot. And so we have negative thought processes and emotions and beliefs in God that are all negative. And that's exactly where our enemy wants to put us. He'll let us go to church every week. He'll let us go to every prayer meeting possible. As long as he can keep us down. As long as he can keep our heads looking down. And that we feel ashamed. And we feel unworthy. And we feel like we're, we're, just, we're never going to make it. If he can keep us there, keep our minds there, he's happy. But the moment that we put our best foot forward. And we find this energy. And we find this sense that... God has made me more than a conqueror. That's where he wants 
us to be put. And what happens then is that we just live compensating. Compensating for where we go wrong. Compensating for every area that we feel that we fail. We live trying to compensate. Trying to make amends. Trying to do things that make us acceptable before God. We are, we are accepted in the beloved. I don't get it. I don't fully understand it. But I know I'm accepted in the beloved. And what happens then is that we just live with reduced spiritual energy. And we just, we just, we just live just with that real sense of heaviness. And, and it's, you know, what's this really all about? And that's exactly where he wants to put us. Number three, how does it protect me? How does it protect me from these fiery darts of the enemy? Well, when various trials come, when the storms come, when pressures amount, I just know that God is on my side. He's not punishing me. He's not trying to teach me a lesson. He's on my side. Just like when he was in the boat, in the storm that we sung about tonight, that he's there in the boat. He's there in my life. Those things come. And when I'm upbeat about God, and I'm upbeat about where I am, I don't see those as problems anymore and feel like I'm being punished or feel like I've done something wrong. But I just see them as stepping stones. I see that it's like James says, that I count it joy when these trials come along. It's an opportunity to prove God. It's an opportunity to grow me and to stretch me. And so what it does, it gives me a more positive outlook on everything that hits my world. When unexpected times hit, when desperate times hit, when I feel and get disappointed in myself, if I'm best foot forward, I'll manage those well. I'll manage them well. And I won't beat myself up. I won't get my old whip out on my back and just, just, just make a mess of my, my back, as it were. When we feel that we don't measure up, when I become aware of my shortcomings and my sin, that if I'm aware and that the gospel is fitting me well and it's, and it's close to me and I've got a real good understanding that when those thoughts come, they, they, just, they just bounce off me. When the enemy wants to point his finger at my life and point out something where I've gone wrong or going wrong, but yet I have an understanding that my God does not see that. It gives me the strength to say, no, I'm not having that. But not only that, it gives me the strength to try and sort it out. But if I live under that all the time, very often I just want to give in. I think I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try and overcome this sin. I'm not even going to try and overcome this, this problem because what's the worth? And so he wants us to live with best foot forward. Last one. So how can I find readiness how can I find readiness well we find it by getting clarity and understanding of the peace that was paid for and I'm not going to do that hard work for you I'm only here tonight to inspire you and to just prod you and poke you You've got to do the hard work and find revelation for yourself and get a real clear understanding of what the peace that God has for you. 
Secondly, wherever your struggle is and wherever you find your lack of peace is coming from, you need to nail it at that point. So wherever you find that you're, you're lacking peace, you're lacking um, relationship with God, you feel like you're not at one with God, maybe something about your own life that you're not happy about, maybe you wish you were somebody else, maybe you wish you weren't who you were, maybe you don't love yourself, Jesus said love yourself, As, and then you'll be able to love other people there's whatever area it is where there's no peace and there's frustration and there's anger and there's difficulty begin to pursue and find God in that and find out what God says about you find out how how lovely God thinks you are find out how beautiful God thinks you are find out the total cost that he paid for you to be here tonight. And when you really absorb that, it changes your whole perspective. And think, I'm not so bad after all. Actually, I'm okay. Because God thinks I'm, I'm wonderful. In fact, the Bible says that we are his pleasure. You are a pleasure to him. Even when I'm a bit rogue at times. <laughs> Even when my life sometimes goes off piste. Yours might not. You're doing well. But mine does. But even when I go off piste, I just feel God smiling at me and saying, come on, son. You're all right. You just need to do, you know, you know where you're going. You know what's happening. I just feel the smile of God on my life. And what that does, it encourages me to keep going. Rather than feeling that God's angry and God's got this big rod and he's ready to beat me every time I go out of step. And exploring the in-depth position that I've been placed. We're told that he has seated us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where I have been situated tonight. I have been seated with him. And the more I begin to understand that and look through his word and see what he has done and where he has placed me and what measures he has put in place to keep me in, in relationship with him, the more I live at peace. And, and his love, his word, and everything about him fits well around my life. And I don't live then uncomfortable but I live with great shoes on my feet. Timothy says this in closing, do your best to present yourself God as what, to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, no need to be ashamed, but rightly handling the word of truth. Finding out the truth of his word about you. And I want to say that it's helped me this is not mine, by the way. I pinched it from somebody else, but it's, it's great. My life for a long, long time was about trying to fill other people's cups and trying to make other people feel better, trying to help other people. But I'm realizing more and more that as I begin to fit the gospel of peace well in my life, that it's not about 
filling other people's cups. It's about emptying mine. And as as my life becomes more clear, and as I begin to understand my position more and more clearly, my life becomes more front-footed, and I'm more ready to deal with situations. I'm more ready to love somebody. I'm more ready to help somebody. I'm more ready to open my wallet and help somebody, or to feed somebody, or to encourage somebody. Why? Because I'm living encouraged. I'm living blessed. I'm living with a sense that God is on my side, and He can be on your side too but without living like that I miss so many opportunities why because I live distracted my head's down also in 2nd Timothy it says a hard-working farmer should be the first to enjoy the fruit of his labor And when we ourselves, the illustration is that a farmer that works hard, he's to enjoy the first lot of fruit. And once he enjoys the fruit of his labor, he can then give it to other people. And I think this is what we're being instructed here. Let's get the gospel of peace well fitted with the readiness and so that I can enjoy that fruit. And when I begin to enjoy the fruit of being saved and being a Christian and being a winner, I then begin to share that with others. And they don't only hear words. They don't only get a tract. But they feel an energy. They feel a life. They feel a positivity. They feel that, that there's something in your life that I want. And it's being fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Lord, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you tonight, Lord, that you have given us this great piece of armor and that we would be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And Lord, I pray tonight if there's any areas of our life where we've lost energy and we've lost vitality. And maybe it's become a drudge. Maybe reading has become a drudge. Maybe your prayer life has become a drudge. Maybe coming to church has just become a labor. There's something behind that. There's a reason behind that. And Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that as we take this and hide it in our hearts, Lord, that we would discover where that lack of peace and that lack of well-fitting armor is coming from. And Lord, that we pray that the revelation of your word would hit our life and it would impact our life and that it would transform that feeling from night to day. And that the joy would return back into that area of our life. The joy of prayer, the joy of reading, the joy of fellowship, the joy of sharing the gospel, the joy of loving others and caring for others. Lord, we thank you tonight for such a wonderful message of the gospel of peace. And we thank you, Lord, that you did leave our pe- your peace with us, not as the world gives, but as I give. And I pray tonight, Lord, as we leave this building, Lord, that you would just begin to and continue to help us 
to be well fitted with this gospel of peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.